0: Thanks for joining in at Sanctuary, and we're here today to have home church again with you as we go through the life of Hezekiah. If you have a Bible, turn with us to two passages, 2 Chronicles chapter 32, verse 27, and 2 Kings chapter 20, verse 12. Today, we're going to talk about uh, those moments where we look back and say, what in the world was I thinking? We're going to talk about putting holiness back in the home, But we're going to really start off with that thought. How do I live a life uh, to avoid making foolish mistakes? Okay, let me give you an example. Pastor Christian, uh, have you ever had those aha moments of like, uh, duh, you know, Mm -hmm. D-U-H? What was I thinking in that moment? I remember uh, one specific moment. One of my youngest memories, actually, is a duh moment. It was uh, in... Southeast Arkansas back in the day in the '80s, right? Uh, I don't know if it was okay, but you we left our kids in the car a little bit. so my dad goes in the grocery store, parks right in front i don't know I don 't know how I'm six years old, seven years old maybe, and so at least the car runner just runs in to get something real quick and uh, and there's the, the storefront's glass, so he can see the whole time that I'm there. But we had those pop out lighters I don't mm-hmm. know if you remember those. But it'll pop-out lighter. So I remember sitting in that seat, just thinking, hmm, I wonder what this does. Push the button, you wait for a minute or so, and it pops out and it's glowing red, right? And I don't know why, but I wanted to see what it would do. So I just put it to the floorboard, and it was a carpet floorboard, (laughs) and all of a sudden, oh my gosh, there's a black ring (laughs) in the floorboard of my dad's car. And here's how awesome my dad was at that time, because I started freaking out. You put the rug on top of it. You put your foot on top of it. You put the plug back in. You, yeah. You know, the, the whole truck, you know, the car smells like smoke or whatever. Yep. And he opens the door, and he says, did it work? <laughs> <laughs> and so it was like, well, no duh. What were you thinking right. uh, that that was going to do? But, uh, you know, we all have those aha moments or, like, what was I thinking moments or no duh moments. And sometimes it's funny, all right? So we all have it, like we hurt ourselves, what was I thinking, or we have that hot plate, what in the world was I thinking didn't have gloves on? her. Or, you know, I should've known that was sharp, or Mm -hmm. I should've known that wouldn't hold my weight on that ladder, or whatever. But sometimes we can have serious uh, aha, or what was I thinking moments. Um, For maybe you, you know, you think about uh, moments where you think, man, I really should never have went there because I knew going there wasn't gonna end well. Or maybe it was a relationship. I I should have known that relationship was going to end badly, or maybe I should have never trusted that person with that secret. Uh, I should have known better, or I should have never taken that first drink, or I should have said no a lot sooner. Mm -hmm. We can think about all kinds of contexts in our life where we look back and say, man, that was really foolish of me. How do you live a life that avoids making foolish mistakes, that avoids looking back and having regrets. God does not want us to live a life with regrets. He doesn't want to make want us to make foolish mistakes. Let's talk about the life of Hezekiah real quick today. And we're gonna talk about Hezekiah's heart and what does it mean that we live a life to avoid those mistakes and how do we uh, go through these times? It may be times of testing where God wants to see where our heart really is. And we want to pass the test, keep our guard up and live wisely pursuing God. So let's talk about holy hearts that pursue his presence, that live for his glory and don't entertain foolish things. Okay. So uh, 2 Chronicles chapter 32, I'm going to give the background before Pastor Christian reads here. We've talked about the life of Hezekiah, that he was a man that followed after God. As a young man at 25 years old, he became the king of Judah, the southern kingdom of Israel. And he instituted revival and reform in a day of pagan idolatry, even when his dad was an evil man. He brought in the the worship back of God. He brought in the covenant, the law, back uh, back into the house of the people of God. And so they had massive revival. And even then, as the enemy, uh, a northern kingdom of Assyria began to attack and carry away... The ten tribes in the north, the kingdom of Israel, they began to even to attack the cities of Judah. Hezekiah returned to the Lord and went to the Lord in prayer and got on his knees before the Lord and went to the altar of God. And God did some awesome things and gave him phenomenal victory. Even uh, Hezekiah saw miraculous healing in his body because he went to the Lord by faith in prayer. Now we are at the last 15 years of Hezekiah's life. And Sometimes when we go through many great things like that, it's easy to take a break. And maybe in your life you've gone through those moments where it's just easy kind of to coast in your Christianity. Some bad things can often happen in those moments. And let's look at the life of Hezekiah here. His holy heart, did he pursue God's presence? Did he live for his glory? And did he entertain negative things? So 2 Chronicles chapter 32, verse 27. Would you read along with us? It
1: says this, Now Hezekiah had immense riches and honor, And he made for himself treasures for silver, gold, precious stones, spices, shields, and all kinds of valuable articles. Storehouses also uh, for the produce of grain, wine, and oil, pens for all kinds of cattle and sheepfolds for the flocks. He made cities for himself and acquired flocks and herds in abundance, for God had given him very great wealth. It was Hezekiah who stopped the upper outlet of the waters of Gihon and directed them to the west side of the city of David. And Hezekiah prospered in all that he did. Even in the matter of the envoys of the rulers of Babylon who sent to him to inquire of the the wonder of what happened in the the land, God left him alone only to test him that he might know all that was in his heart. Okay, so that's the background. Look with us in now in Second Kings chapter twenty,
0: verse twelve. So we see that Hezekiah had great riches, and he began to make for himself treasuries and all kinds of stuff uh, in his own kingdom and his capital. But it says there in that last verse, but God left him alone to test him to see what was in his heart. Let's see how God tested him. Second Kings chapter twenty. Verse 12, here's our main text for today. At that time, Barodak Baladan, the son of Baladan, the king of Babylon, so that's a different kingdom now, in the south, sent letters and a present to King Hezekiah, for he heard that Hezekiah had been sick. Hezekiah listened to them and showed them all of his treasures of his house, the silver and the gold and the spices and the precious oils and the house of his armor and all that was found in his treasuries. There was nothing in his house nor in all of his dominion that Hezekiah did not show them. Then Isaiah the prophet came to King Hezekiah and said to him, What did these men say, and from where have they come to you? And Hezekiah said, They have come from a far country from Babylon. And he said, What have they seen in your house? So Hezekiah answered, They have seen all that's in my house. There's nothing among the treasuries that I have not shown them. And Isaiah said to Hezekiah, Hear the word of the Lord. Behold, the days are coming when all that is in your house and all that's in your father's have laid up in store for this day will be carried to Babylon. Nothing shall be left, says the Lord. Some of your sons who shall issue from you, whom you will beget, will be taken away, and they'll become officials in the palace of the king of Babylon. And Hezekiah said to Isaiah, The word of the Lord which you have spoken is good. For he thought to himself, Is it not so if there will be peace and truth in all of my days. So, Pastor Christian, let's lay it down, for kind of give us the the overview of what's happened here. So we've got Hezekiah. In the last 15 years of his life, he's fought awesome battles. He's seen God move in miracles. But now, uh, maybe upper in his years, he thinks, well, I've built great things for myself, and, and all this is going on. And he gets sick, miraculously healed. This little bitty kingdom of Babylon that he doesn't think is much of a threat. They can say, hey, congratulations on your healing and your miracles. And they stop by. And mm-hmm. so hospitality. Yeah, come on in. I'll show you my house, show you my kingdom, my castles and all this kind of stuff. He shows them everything. And Isaiah comes to him and says, what in the world were you thinking? And he's like, what? I, they're, they're nice people over here coming in to see my house. He says, because of this. Your, your sons, your kingdom, your treasuries, mm-hmm. all this in the next generation will be carried away. Babylon's going to become this great empire. And actually, they're going to carry your whole people into slavery. And even Hezekiah sadly thinks in that moment, he says, Well, at least I'll have peace in my life. Right. Whew, that's, <laughs> that's crazy. But what is it that led a man uh, of God who was so faithful in revival and miracles and miraculous victories to get to a place where he allowed the enemy to secretly come in and would begin to take away his children, his whole children, and his his entire inheritance would be gone. Uh, Let's talk about holy hearts, okay? So three things we want you to know today is this. Holy hearts pursue his presence, they live for his glory, and they don't entertain strangers. In fact, the word holy... Talks about God and it means otherly, that God is set apart. He's otherly. So when we talk about holiness for ourselves, it means that we are set apart. In fact, holiness and consecration kind of are the same word. They mean that we, as a holy, if I have a holy heart, it means that my heart is simply this, set apart for God's purposes. All right? So holy means for a person to be set apart for the purpose of God. And a holy heart. It, it pursues God's presence. It lives for his glory and it, and it doesn't entertain anything else. So let's talk about that in the life of Hezekiah in your life and our life today. Number one, it pursues a holy heart. The way we avoid what Hezekiah did was we have holy hearts. Number one, it's pursuing his presence. I love that. I don't love that verse, but it's a very good verse. It paints the picture here is Second Chronicles thirty-two thirty-one. Pastor Christian, it says, God left him alone to test him that he might know all that was in his heart. Now God knows the heart. But it's kind of like those moments where uh, he withdraws to see what will happen. In fact, will I will Hezekiah pursue me? I think that like, right. it's like the sad thing is that in that moment, Hezekiah got to this place in his life that in his prosperity he began to slack mm-hmm. pursuing God. Right? He he began to think so worldly and earthly minded that he didn't even notice. Isn't that a scary thing yeah. to to not know? Like, man, in my life right now, is, is do I feel God? Do I sense God? And if I don't, what should I do? I should get on my face and go back to the Word and get into the, my Bible and seek God in worship and say, God, I, I need to hold on to you. And here we have that moment where he did not even notice that God had left him alone. I think about his ancestor, King David, where it says that David... Uh, in the time when all the other uh, kings and generals in the spring were going out to battle, David stayed behind from his soldiers. And that's when he fell into sin with Bathsheba, that famous story that we read in in Second uh, Samuel. So each man lost perspective when they failed to pursue God's presence. What do you think about that?
1: Yeah, I think that... Um for us today you know when I think about the whole like God leaving him and kind of pulling back a little bit to say I'm just gonna see what happens right you know I think about I've been at home with my one-year-old child now for going on six weeks right and working from home and different things I don't know how many times I've had to say no don't touch that no don't do that don't get out there don't stand up on the couch or don't you know and you know, sometimes I'm not saying that I, I've done anything <laughs> to harm my child. I would never, I would never allow him to do something that's that's going to physically harm him. Right. But sometimes you got to pull back, let them yeah. do what they're going to do, and uh, you know, it may end in a little bit of a tear shed. Um, dad but knew they, what he was talking about. Exactly. Yeah. But they always come running back. Right. They always come. They always, you know, they're always turning around. They're looking yeah. for mom or dad. And that's isn't it the same way that that yeah. we are with God? Is that you know, we don't even notice that. Just like Hezekiah, we don't even notice that God has walked out of. You know, kind of pulled back, said, "Hey, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna let this be for a little bit. And I'm gonna see what's gonna happen. Um, and then, and then when whatever bad thing happens, situation arises. Sometimes we bring that upon ourselves, right? Because we're not pursuing His presence. Yeah.
0: That's good. That's good. I think about Moses, who said, when, when. It, children of Israel did some not great things in the, in the Exodus story. Uh, God says, hey, you guys are going to go through this wilderness without me. I'm, I'm, I'm leaving. You guys are on your own. And Moses, you know, in that famous statement, says, God, don't lead us up from here if your presence does not go right. with us. You know, like, I don't want to go anywhere uh, where your presence is not. So maybe you today, here's our first challenge to you. Uh, are you pursuing the presence of God? This is a great time in this uh, COVID-19 environment. That sometimes it's been easy Mm -hmm. uh, we go to church and we can hear a pastor and we can experience the worship. And it's it's easy when we're all together and, uh, you know, there's this great chorus and all these people are, you know, helping you, cheer you on. And, you know, and there's even people, maybe pastors are calling you, hey, where you been? I haven't seen you in church in a while. Mm -hmm. But now, if all that is gone, am I in my Bible of my own accord? Am I pursuing God in prayer, in a daily prayer life? Am I getting up on my own? on a Sunday morning and having church with my family? Am I in my devotional life, keeping myself fed, pursuing the presence of God? Because if we do not pursue the presence of God, we will lose perspective. And that's what happened to Hezekiah. Let's talk about the next point. It's that he lived, uh, holy hearts live for his glory. Okay, look at that Uh, in 2 Chronicles 32, verse 27. It says that Hezekiah made for himself that's the key word right there. He, who did he make it for? He made it for himself, treasuries for silver, gold, precious stones, spices, and, and more. He had pride in his possessions.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It says even in a couple of verses later, it says that God had given him great wealth, but then he turns around, and I think unknowingly, I don't think he did this intentionally. This guy was a guy of faith. He's, he, for like all of us, he would be, we would say, a good Christian guy, right? A good church-going guy. But he began to live life for himself for his own glory so i'm building up my life and building up my house my estate my cars my 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 you know 401k my boats my jet skis my four wheelers we're building this up for my children i'm making sure my children have a nice life right. i want my children to have a better life than i do and we begin to do this and we lose focus and i think about you know what jesus says you know don't store for yourself treasures here where rust and moth and destroy and steve steal. but instead Store up for yourself treasure in heaven, because where your treasure is, that's where your heart will be. And we see that his heart, his holy heart, Mm -hmm. was not in the glory of God and building God up, but in building himself up. And perhaps the saddest part about all this, Pastor Christian, in this moment is, when these foreigners, these pagans, come visit him, you don't see one word where Hezekiah says... This was for the Lord. Right. God did this to me. Uh, this You should learn about my God. This is why I'm so wealthy and healed and miraculous. Mm-hmm. Uh, things have happened. But instead, he says, let me show you what I got. Right. Let, let me show you how awesome my life has been. Right.
1: What you give, give us something. Uh, here's what I think about when I hear this story. I think about, you know, Hezekiah had, had made the mistake of allowing those into his home, showing him everything he got. Obviously, the number one mistake he did was... That he didn't uh, give the glory back to God, and right. he lost perspective. But you think about, you know, I love I love to watch the heist movies, the bank robbery movies, right. you know. And uh, every bank robbery doesn't now if it's a good bank robbery, right? Right. It doesn't start off with just someone running into <coughs> and you know taking storming it. the bank and taking it. Yeah. it. It starts with you know little bits of compromise here and yeah. there to say, you know what, maybe this isn't so bad. I'm just gonna let this. You know, I'm going to let the, I'm going to slide it under the rug, and, yeah. and we're not really going to think about it. And that's the way it is for us. Yeah. You know, if we view it in that sense. Those know. bank
0: robbers scoped that place out before they stole it all. Too. Exactly.
1: Right. Yeah, he, he began to live for his own glory
0: and not the glory of God. And, and you and I can do the same thing. You know, in our life, what do we boast in? Do we boast in the Lord? What do we talk about in our conversation? How much do we give glory to God? Say, God, thank you for this Mm truck. Thank you for this, you know, uh, maybe you've been without before. And it's so easy now that you have things that those things can become what you live for. But instead we say, God, now we live for you. And even in this environment that we're in now, this, this quarantine environment, everything's been taken away from us. Uh, sporting events and and concerts and ball games and all these things even church attendance and even being with family and say God we're sorry we've been living for those things but God we're coming back to you to live for your glory live for your praise and we're going to tell people about you so holy hearts pursue his presence they live for his glory and he allowed instead those things to become a distraction. He tried to impress the world. But now we're saying, God, we want to live for your praise, for your honor, for your glory. And then the, the next thing was holy hearts not only pursue his presence and live for his glory, but they don't entertain strangers. Uh, let's talk about that for a moment. Okay, so don't entertain strangers. So <clears throat> God distanced himself, and guess what happens? When God distanced himself, the enemy came right in. Right. Hezekiah didn't, under, didn't even notice what was going. The enemy begins to fill that void. So he takes no thought about who these guys are. To them, to him, they're no threat. Mm-hmm. There's a little bitty Babylon over here. I'm worried about Assyria. God's beat mm-hmm. them. And he, had, he didn't even think about what they could possibly do. And that's, that's the problem, the potential there, that he didn't even consider what could go wrong. He wasn't thinking about all that at all. He was thinking about impressing these guys, uh, showing off his estate. He didn't know that God had had left him in some way. So uh, what happens now, these guys, like you said, secretly come to spy on him. He was blind to it, and later, now his children were going to suffer. And that makes me think, really, this statement, is that what we entertain today... Could rule us tomorrow. Right. What we what we entertain today could rule us tomorrow. And I think about uh, you know our children as parents, you know, uh, as as Christians, you know, what we allow in our homes today, uh, you know, little things, little mm-hmm. compromises that could be ruling my children tomorrow. Or the little things we go through in our life like anger. I can have a little anger about that situation today, but before I know it, that anger has consumed me. Or a little bit of lust in my life. You know, just, we just allow a little bit. And then that, before you know it, you're enslaved to it. But especially for the children. I think about, you know, as parents, we have to be careful that, you know, what I have in my home today... You know, we could, we could be in our home. We could play the best Christian role. We could go to church and do all these things. And then we sit down with our kids and we allow these movies. I mean, I'm not picking on movies. But we allow these movies that say there's a little bit of nudity, a little bit of sex, some drugs. You know, it's a lot of F-words or whatever. And we, we allow that compromise. Uh, and then later on, those things can become normal place for our children or our next generation. That's like, well, you know, yeah, dad was a Christian guy or mom was a Christian lady. But, you know, they... They, they watch those kind of things. Or they said a few little words here and there. And so it's not wrong that we cuss. Or it's not long, You know, they, they had a few drinks on the side here and there. So maybe drinking is okay. But whatever it is, whatever that issue is, whatever we entertain tomorrow, if we're not pursuing God, if we're not living for His glory, I think about what Paul says. He says, what does light have to do with darkness? Mm-hmm. Don't be unequally yoked with unbelievers or the things of this world. What, what does the things of Satan have to do with the things of God? It's that there should be coming out some separation of our holy hearts and say, God, I'm I'm not entertaining the things of the world. I'm entertaining you, you know. And Jesus says, Abide with me, and I abide with you. Mm-hmm. So uh, here we have Hezekiah entertaining strangers, who would later rule his children, you know.
1: Yeah, I think um, well, all of this really ties together. I talked about little areas of compromise. Uh, earlier on, but you know, when we allow those little things, you know, especially working with with youth and kids, you know, yeah. I have a kid of my own, but I work with you know 30 to 40 youth every single week. Um, if if those youth are seeing little areas of compromise come into my life right. as their as their leader as their pastor, you know, some some may have good home life, some may not. Right. As their as their leader and their pastor, if they see those areas of compromise, well. Pastor Christian does that and maybe it is okay. Maybe it is okay. You know, I saw something that he posted on Facebook. It has a couple cuss words in it. Maybe that is okay. Maybe it's not so bad. Right. And for us and for parents, I know for me, especially, you know, I have a young child. I'm always constantly thinking about, you know, their their future because they are the future and, and I want the best for my child, my children and you know and the thing even as young as mine is one year old mm-hmm. he doesn't quite understand everything right now right. but what i do now could impact or affect yeah. tomorrow so if i'm watching those things or if i'm listening to those things then then you know sooner or later maybe that conviction is not going to be there for me right and then when he gets older you know when god's presence departs from us that conviction also goes as That's well right. So, and it doesn't really happen good. all at once. That's really good. It's just little areas of compromise here and there.
0: You know, I think, you know, and for us, even this COVID-19 environment, before, church was something that was always an option for you to go to. And today, there's not that option for the last six weeks. And some are saying, well, now I'll be more appreciative of church. And, and I, I challenge you in this. Whatever you've been entertaining, it will become commonplace, maybe not even in your life, but in a generation later. Parents... How much we attend or take off from church and think that's okay to miss a few here and stay home and watch a ball game or stay home and watch TV or stay home and do projects around the yard. That little thing that we've entertained to say church is not that important becomes commonplace a generation later. And we've seen that all across the United States today. Um, Maybe God is drawing us back to Himself. Maybe in this time, just like Hezekiah... God has pulled back and said, hey, will you pursue me? Hey, will you come back to live from my glory? Hey, will you get away from the things you've been entertaining? And, and this world, listen to me, church, this world is all about entertainment. Mm-hmm. It's all about the movies and the Facebook and the media and the celebrities and even the politics have become entertainment today. It's all about how we can vegetate ourselves away into Netflix and Hulu and, and all these things. And just to uh, make us oblivious perhaps to what the enemy is really doing. He wants to take a generation into slavery. Listen to us this morning. That there is a generation following us that is lost and dying and going to hell. And there's a generation above us who have gone away into sleep and entertainment and are unaware, perhaps, of the schemes. Paul said, I don't want to be ignorant. We are not ignorant of the schemes of the enemy. So that's our challenge to you. A holy heart is a heart that is living for God's glory, that is pursuing His presence, that is not entertaining the stranger of this world, the devil. He's not entertaining the evil things, the plots. We're aware of the schemes. And so Jesus says the solution is this. He says, if you abide in Me, I will abide in you. If you obey My words and you abide in Me, My Father and I will make our abode with you that we'll begin to entertain Jesus in our homes. We'll begin to fellowship and commune with Him and not fellowship with the things of the world. We'll begin to pursue His glory and live for His name and tell people about Him. We'll begin to pursue His presence, and in a moment's notice, if we've sensed that He's not with us, we'll get on our face and say, God, don't lead us from this place unless Your presence goes with us. This is the lesson from Hezekiah today. As we wrap up this home church series, Will you take a moment and reflect on this word, pray about it, and say, God, let us have a holy heart, a heart that is consecrated to you, that is set apart for your purpose, and we're here to seek your presence. Hey, thanks for watching and listening in. I'm going to challenge you today. Maybe today, like Hezekiah, God has been absent. And you realize, man, I've made some foolish mistakes. So you can look back and maybe there's a lot of regrets there that you'd like to give God restoration in your life. You'd like to have Him guide your future and help you to lead the best life possible. Not only that, but a life eternal. The Bible says that we can repent of our sin. That means to turn from our way of living and turn to Jesus Christ. That He has a plan to save us. And it simply means, Jesus, I'm sorry for what I've done for my life. I give you my future, my today and my tomorrow. Lord, that you would lead me and guide me, that I'd be yours. And so I surrender to your Lordship. If you'd like to make that prayer and make that declaration, we'd love to pray with you. Go to sanctuaryfwc.com and click that link on the homepage to learn more about Jesus Christ. We'd love to be with you. Not only that, but we challenge you families today be a family. Be a person who has a holy heart that is living for the glory of God, that is pursuing His presence, that is not entertaining those things that the Satan would use, his schemes to control us and our families. We want you to live a life that is holy and pleasing to the Lord. So join us in home church this week. Take a moment. Have a devotional time. Worship the Lord. Take a moment in your homes, in your living room. Stand, raise your hands, sing, listen to a sermon, and apply it to your life together each night of the week or each morning have a devotional life that is drawing you in to the presence of God in this time. Don't rely on just pastors and things and sermons and services from times on past. Live for today pursuing God. And lastly, we thank you for the many across our area that has given to continue to keep the sanctuary mission and the mission of God alive. We encourage you to continue to give online, give through the mail, or give through text to give. We love you. We bless you in Jesus' name. We hope to see you here next week.